welcome to Conversations for the Animals, the Houston Pet Set podcast. I am Lisa Tynan, and I am joined today uh, by some very important people. I'm going to put you all up on a pedestal today. This is Barb and Mike. They are animal cruelty investigators with Harris County. Um, I am very happy to have you all with me today because I think this is going to be a very educational podcast for a lot of folks. And um, I think it's an opportunity for you to talk about what you do day to day and how the public can help you do your jobs better or put you out of a job because wouldn't that be nice if we didn't have animal cruelty? Very nice. That cool. would be really nice. So um, I want to start first. I'm going to start by with a, a mea culpa. Um, there is a difference between animal control and between animal cruelty investigators. And I really want to get into that just briefly so that everyone knows what it is that you are doing out on the streets to keep pets and people safe. But first, introduce yourselves. Who are you? How did you get into this? Who wants to go first? Dive right in. You are closest. Barb, you start. I'm Barb Downen, and I've been with Harris County for five years, but I've been in the animal welfare business for about 20. That's just a small amount of time. A little bit. Just a little bit. So before this, you were... So um, I spent a couple years with uh, another animal cruelty organization here in the Harris County area. Yep. And before that, I was an animal control officer in a large metropolitan area in Colorado. In Colorado. Okay, so you've done both sides of this job. Yes. Okay, so that gives you a lot of insight. Awesome. And Mike, who are you? My name is Mike (laughs) Allen. Um, I've been doing the cruelty for about four years, coming up on four years in May. Before that, I was an animal control officer, uh, both with Harris County. Okay. All with Harris County. So I've got 15 years total with Harris County. before that, I uh, I was a private investigator. I've done um, I've done some work as loss prevention with Home Depot, so I have some investigative background. I would bet that comes in handy. It does. It, it does. mostly with the paperwork. Oh, sure, <laughs> got to be able to keep everything straight. <laughs> that's the first thing we do every day is that's, paperwork. You know, you hear that. So since you both have experience as animal control officers, in addition to this, what is the primary difference between what an animal control officer does versus what a cruelty investigator does? We are responsible for, first of all, answering calls through the, uh, the 927 pause. Okay. Um, that is where our direction comes from. Um, we don't necessarily look for stray dogs or do bite cases okay. like an animal control. We just do strictly investigations into cruelty to animals. Okay. So you're responding to those calls. So that sort of takes me to my next question is what is a day in the life like? Because I think what people have seen on animal cops and, and what they have in their head is sort of the, for lack of a better word, the glory, the cool part of the job. But you just said there's a lot of paperwork. So what, what is, the day look like? Because you all are partners, correct? Mm-hmm. So you work right. together primarily. So what does that look like when you wake up in the morning and you put on your long johns? Well, we're going to spend maybe an hour to two hours doing the administrative stuff solely. Okay. Um, we get our calls through the Harris County Animal Cruelty Task Force. So that kind of dictates where our day is going to go. Um, and Mike and I both work kind of the north central areas of the county, and that might be 
everything from 290 all the way over to Highway 90. Okay. Um, not in the city of Houston, but outside the city of Houston. And those calls can range from somebody's dog was barking all night yeah. to somebody's dog is dying. You need to do something right now. Mm-hmm. That may dictate our day, okay. but we also assist our law enforcement partners with the task force. So what they have going on may dictate our day as well, because we're going to respond to assist those those guys also. So if someone is calling uh, law enforcement first and they encounter a cruelty situation, then they contact you. So it just sort of depends on where the call is coming from. Right. OK, yes. right. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and you you started to touch on it a little bit. But what are what are some of the calls that you would respond to, you know, in order priority? I hate to say priority, but order of importance. I'm assuming sure. you have to pick and choose which ones happen quickly. We we have a lot of experience reading the complaints and we can kind of pick out which ones have a priority or not. Okay. Most of the times um, we look for abandonments okay. or some kind of injured animal and those are always at the top of our priority. Okay. Um, other things are concerns about shelters and tethering. Okay. So we can kind of decipher by by how it's written. We, we all, if you leave your phone number on the report, we will be calling you. So we we try to get as much information as we can, and that's also how we plan our day. You you actually bring up a good point. So I know specifically with the Harris County Task Force, the Animal Cruelty Task Force, it is possible to leave an anonymous tip. But yes. Yes. from your point of view, you would prefer to be able to contact somebody. It is always helpful yes. to be able to call. And confirm a location or situation to get a little bit more mm-hmm. information, uh, description of the animals or location of the animals or a vantage point where we might be able to see them best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's always good to have a point of contact to get that little bit of information. Yes. And I think one of the reasons people might sometimes be hesitant to leave that information is their f- a fear of reprisal. So mm-hmm. you're not going to share that information, their contact with anybody. No, never. Would they ever have to like testify maybe if you end up in court? I I wouldn't say no. It's possible being a a witness to a crime. Mm -hmm. They they might be called. They may not be called. Usually that's up to the law enforcement to determine that. In most cases, we're going to get the firsthand information Mm -hmm. when we get there. Um, Ourselves and our law enforcement partners, we're going to be the expert witnesses, if you will. Sure to give that viewpoint to the court. So in most cases, we're not going to rely on that initial reportee. Mm-hmm. So that that would be that we'll put that little plug in there. If you see animal cruelty, leave your phone number so that you can help the officers mm-hmm. uh, get a little more information. So I, w- I also want to talk about what you are seeing in the community, because they, you know, some of our listeners are in the areas that you primarily work, but some of them are far outside of it and just mm-hmm. don't see the type of animal cruelty calls that you're addressing. And I think it's so important for our community to be fully aware of what's happening in the communities around you. Um, and I, it might be sad and distressing for people to hear, but it's mm-hmm. also important. So what are what are examples of cases, ones that you see commonly, but also some really, you know, memorable ones? Well, in spite of having a tethering law that's now been in effect for almost a year, mm-hmm. we still have dogs on chains. Yeah. Yeah. Short Get chains. them off the chains. Chains. Tied to a tree in the backyard with no shelter. Chains wrapped around the neck, tied to mm-hmm. a tree in the backyard with no shelter. Yes. 
Uh, we still have dogs in wire crates mm-hmm. out in the middle of the yard. Those are are very common, right. weekly, if not daily. Okay. Um, the medical issues and non-treatment of obvious distress, mm-hmm. along with... Uh, well, general neglect. I mean, people buy the cute puppy. They yeah. put it on a chain, put it in the backyard, and then a year later you have a skeleton of a dog. And then, of course, you know, we have to explain to the people that dogs do require food and water. Yeah. And uh, you'd be amazed how many people just don't understand the needs of an animal or similar to needs of a child. And we're actually coming up on that time because the Christmas puppies now mm. have pretty much torn up the entire house yes. and pooed all over everything. And, they're now and they are now booted to the outside as we're coming into the coldest part of the year. Correct. Yeah. So. so let me ask you this then. When you are talking to these owners, mm-hmm. are you finding it's more an, a lack of understanding and education or malicious intent or all of the above? Yes. Yes. <laughs> a, B, C, D. Okay. Yes. So are, are people generally, well, obviously, if somebody comes up to their door with a badge, it can mm-hmm. initially be off-putting. But are people generally re- receptive when you're talking to them about what these animals need? Generally, we, we get all shapes and sizes and flavors. Um, you get everything from, this is my dog, mind your own dang business. Mm-hmm. It's, it's my, my property. I can do with it what I want. Right. All the way to... There's nothing wrong with my dog. What's wrong with my dog? And if there's a, you know, an 80 pound lab that weighs 26 pounds sure. and they think they're doing a great job. So it, it all depends on the day and the person. Okay. And, yeah. and you have that opportunity mm-hmm. to educate, right? You can, you can, yes. oh, that's 90% of what we do. Absolutely. Is it's amazing. The number of people who just don't know mm-hmm. yeah. that. One cup of food is not enough for that 80-pound Labrador. Sure. Hey, let's look at the bag. There's actually feeding guidelines here. Mm-hmm. It's a mama dog. She needs extra food because she's got eight puppies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's look at the guidelines yeah. for the mama dog. Right. Um, people really just, you know, for lack of a better word, they're ignorant of those t- things that I would consider common sense because I'm an animal person. Right. So we spend a lot of time just or one, educating. And one step further, you, you just can't throw scraps out the backyard right. onto the ground and expect the dog to survive or the yeah. cat to survive for that matter. Yeah, you yeah. need proper nutrition. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that that a lot of this has to do with lack of resource? I mean, we we know for a fact there's a veterinary desert around very specific parts of the county. But but I, and I'm, I don't want to say that this one type of person or another who can perform acts of neglect or cruelty, but do people just not have access to the resources they need? I don't think it's so much that they don't have access to the resources, but I think it's just that lack of intent to obtain okay. the care. There's motivation missing there yeah. somewhere. Yeah, it's not a priority. So if it's not a priority, right. uh, it's just not going to happen. Okay. Yeah. And that that may differ from by the time a cruelty investigator is called in versus when the maybe it's not such a big problem at the beginning, you know, right. this hasn't been going on for a long time. Well, and people don't understand that caring for an animal is expensive. Yeah. And if, yes, it if, is. <laughs> if, if your if your animal gets sick, I, 
every time I have a horse case, I explain to them, you just bought a Ferrari. Yeah. And you're going to have to maintain this Ferrari at the Ferrari price. For 30 years. For 30 years. Right. And the same thing with the dog. You, you're good. If, it, if it gets hurt and it goes into the vet, it's not like going to the free clinic. It's going to cost. Yeah. yeah. And it's probably going to be triple what you think it is. And, and there are resources for people who can't afford. Uh, for instance, yes. I just had a $800 surgery on my dog a few months ago. Everybody can't just whip out $800. I get that. Right. But there are resources. And the thing is, if you will ask, mm -hmm. um, people are willing to step up and, and fill that gap. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you don't leave your home with that information, then nobody's going to help you. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And that's that is one of the reasons Houston Pet Set we've in the last you know year or so, we've really made it a point to focus on keeping owned pets with families who yes. want to care for their pets yes. but can't afford an $800 vet bill right. because or a $70 groom. Right. Or a, just a, a, a simple clip that can mm -hmm. absolutely improve that dog's welfare if he's matted or that cat. Right. Um, you did mention horse cases. I don't know that everybody realizes, especially if anyone is is watching or listening who does not live in the Houston area, mm -hmm. we have lots of different types of animals. So you work with not just dogs and cats. What are some of the types of animals that you see? Whatever they have in their house. Sure. Or in their backyard or their front yard. Or Everything in their car. from reptiles yeah. to goats and chickens and pot-bellied pigs. Mm -hmm. uh, I actually was at a house not too long ago. Mm -hmm. He had a longhorn steer and three pot-bellied pigs mm -hmm. with a half a dozen roosters in a yard that was probably 40 by 50. <laughs> the, the, ant, the horns are basically touching yes. fences. Oh, yes, yeah. exactly. But that's crazy. I, I, I know that there are laws and things being passed about people owning certain types of pets, but something about this area, people really like to have crazy exotics. Well, we're in Texas. Texas. We're in Texas. Yes. Um, speaking of... You have worked outside of Texas. You've been here in Harris County for a long time. But how do you compare what you see here in Harris County or in, you know, this greater Houston area to other places that you have have lived or worked in terms of animal care and animal cruelty? I, I started in Southern California. Ah, so very would, different. Very different. Well, I wouldn't say better. OK. I wouldn't say worse, but I, I've seen some things not being in the animal welfare in California wasn't as big a, as, as a focal point. Okay. But I did know there were a lot of stray dogs and I did a lot of cases in not so great areas mm. and you could see not so great things being done with animals and coming out here, you, you see the same kinds of things, but I wouldn't say better, but I'd say more awareness. Okay. Maybe. In, in my opinion, uh, you know, moving from Colorado back to the Houston area, I feel like there is a lot of legacy from many, many years ago of how we take care of animals. Okay. And I think we're really struggling to get out of that rut with, you know, my grandpappy did it this way mm -hmm. and it worked for him. Yeah. To the modern way of our standards of care have changed exactly <laughs> there's just oh, well you know a lot of things have changed but now we're in this you know huge metropolitan area with a huge suburban county that used to be mostly rural right mm -hmm. and so the pressures are really on people because people are looking like you can't live in a house in a sub 
subdivision and think that people don't notice your stuff. Right. Right. Or smell that or smell coming from your property <laughs> right. or yeah. yeah. And people also don't understand that it unincorporated has very different laws and very different rules than the inner city. Right. So I tell people when they their neighbor has chickens, they can have chickens because it's unincorporated Harris County and there's no laws against it because basically we're the country for lack of a better term. Yeah. A lot of HOAs in unincorporated Harris County have much stricter yes. rules. I mean, it's an HOA sure. rule. So. But you're still going to find a horse in the backyard. Yes. Right. Yeah. Or, t- or two. Or two. Or, or three. Two. Mm-hmm. So uh, there are, obviously there are different laws between the city of Houston, unincorporated Harris County. There are also different laws based on what the type of animal it is, right? So, I, you know, the standard of care that's required for a horse or a chicken might be different than different. a dog or a cat. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when when neighbors are seeing something and mm-hmm. they're they can't they don't know whether or not it's cruelty you know if you live next door to somebody who has a longhorn in their backyard mm-hmm. and you don't know what to do do you generally prefer that people just call or report and err on the side of caution or yes. or absolutely okay. I, I love to explain to people that a horse doesn't necessarily by law need a horse house a horse house i love that yeah yes. livestock are, <laughs> yes. livestock are a little different yeah but people don't understand so yeah, yeah information any information i can get out i'm happy to give them and every report that's made we're trying to get eyes on Mm. those animals Mm -hmm. um mike and i kind of operate on the premise of everywhere we go we want to leave those animals in a little bit better shape than they were before we got there sure Mm. and so if you question whether the animal is being neglected or not provided for properly make a report we're going to go out look talk Mm. to the owner and hopefully leave it a little bit better off than it was before I love that. Now, I will caution because we have two primary forms or, or routes that people can take if they see cruelty. There's both calling the Harris County Task Force and the Houston SPCA. And a lot of times people will try to do both. Mm-hmm. We r- are encouraging people to pick one or the other. Right? right. OK, so Harris County, obviously Harris County, if it's something that's in the city of Houston or outside of Harris County, then you would recommend that they seek help elsewhere or where what are avenues that people can take the task force actually operates with hpd and bark fabulous so inside harris county any everything in harris county city of houston and all of the little tiny villages throughout harris county Mm -hmm. you can we can address all those through the harris county animal cruelty task force okay outside of harris county then that other organization would be the way to go okay Mm -hmm. and you know do people can people call the police? Can they call 911? And what happens when that happens? Or the non-emergency line, I guess. Yes. Don't call 911 unless there's a, a like, strangled A, a person emergency. Person, okay. Person, person emergency only. Animal emergency called non-emergency lines. And they yes. route it to the task yes, force. Yes, we're easy to find. Okay. We, have, we have partnership with the sheriff's office, Precinct 5, and we have a lot of Precinct 4, Precinct 3, Precinct 2, and Precinct 1 deputies. We all kind of don't know each other, but we all know we exist. Okay. So somehow there's a channel where right. they can get a hold of somebody. So and, the, and that anybody's better than nobody. Goes. Yeah. Yeah. I like that too. Okay. So now I, I provided you with this question beforehand because I, I really wanted you to think about it. So this is, this is the unlimited budget question. Hmm. If you, and we can talk about you personally, we can talk about what you have seen as working with Harris County. If you had unlimited funds, what changes would you want to see Houston make that would make your jobs easier, make people's lives easier, make lives better for animals? 
one word that pops in my mind is education. Okay. Just just flood the world with education. Okay. Because, I mean, we, we teach our children how to wash their hands. We teach them how to eat correctly, how to walk correctly, but we don't teach them how to raise an, an animal. You know, we don't teach them how to properly raise an animal. Yeah. In our conversation about this question, mm-hmm. and we, we diverged a little bit because we want the governmental support. We want to be able to prosecute the crimes. We want people mm-hmm. to be responsible, held responsible for the things that they do, but you can't just address it from the judicial side right. and the administrative side. We've got to get down here and get in the communities yep. because they get one person to come into their school and speak about animal. You have to feed your dog and bathe your dog and mm-hmm. walk your dog and train your dog. Right. And that's it. And when they walk out, they see what Grandpappy did and dad did and uncle mm-hmm. John did. And it's not what we want. Right. So we've got to change them. We've got to be in front of their face a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And if I had unlimited funds, I would have a task force of educators throughout the county in all the schools at least a couple times a year. Mm-hmm. And I would have billboards. Yeah. Yes, I love billboards. We love bill. We got billboards a billboard for our, our cold weather and we were so happy about it. It's I, a, a couple episodes back, uh, I spoke with Gloria Zenteno of Barrio Dogs, and we were both sort of reminiscing that we never got any education about no pe- general pet care. We had the cool guy with the reptiles come in, yes. like with the big snake right. that everybody got well, to hold. And but- Harris County Animal Control had a program where they would go into schools and do bite prevention. So they would actually go into schools and they would teach children how to avoid getting bitten by a dog. Sure. And I say, take it three, four steps further. And, you know, and, and a lot of times when I deal with cases, the children are the ones that are, they seem to be more logical and reasonable than the parents. Mm-hmm. Why do we put Fifi outside? Well, he's a, just a dog. And you're like, listen to your kid. Yeah. So maybe maybe getting the youngins involved was would be the first step. Yeah. And then maybe getting the law involved would be, third or fourth somewhere in there yeah. and then you so, meet in the middle somewhere right yes but we definitely yeah. need we need uh, ap- approach it from all angles mm-hmm. all angles up down all around right yeah. and then maybe some adas that would love to prosecute animal crimes so people know that they can't do it anymore because as it stands there's nothing published that says you can't do it i mean we don't look at the news every day mm-hmm. and say poor dog got left out on a chain and these people got a thousand dollar fine right there's there's no information out there they just say, well, what are you going to do about it? Right. So, And like you, you mentioned earlier, the, uh, the animal cops version of things. Mm. So what we get on the news now is uh, once or twice a month, maybe uh, a large seizure mm-hmm. or a rescue. And it's very dramatic. And the day-to-day care, the, the stuff that really affects a lot of animals' right. lives, the mm-hmm. day-to-day stuff, it gets kind of just neglected from the standpoint of bringing it in people's faces Mm -hmm. that, you know, uh, shelter is a solid structure that Mm -hmm. will actually keep the animal warm. Right. Not just a piece of corrugated metal propped up on a fence. Blue tarp. Or yes, the the old blue tarp. Mm -hmm. That's, we see Mm -hmm. those a lot. Yes. Um, I think you, you touched on having these multiple approaches and I think from a, a community standpoint, it's always important to let people know, what they can do to help make it better. Obviously, being better pet owners, mm-hmm. that's A, number one. But 
what are what do you ask of the community to help you do your job? Obviously, if you see something, say something like report cruelty. But what else can people do to get involved? Can they volunteer in some way? Is there some place they can donate or someone they can speak to, like an elected official? Texas Humane Legislation Network. Good friends of Houston Pets Ed. Yes. We love them. We mm-hmm. absolutely love them. And and if if anyone missed our podcast with Shelby Boboski, which, you know, I'll forgive you, but go back and watch it. Um, they are throughout Texas, but they work locally and help pass legislation mm-hmm. at the city level, local ordinances, all the way up to the state level. That Safe Outdoor Dogs Act, the tethering law was state level. Mm-hmm. We have tethering laws now that are in city of Houston, um, in addition to m- mandatory microchipping in the city of Houston. But these are things we also want to expand out beyond the city yes. and in yes. Harris County. Yes. So if somebody wants to to move that forward, would they talk to their commissioners? Sure. Okay. Absolutely. Commissioners. Yeah. So all Harris the, County yeah. commissioners. That's all the way who, up to the governor. Write letters, emails, do, do what you have to do. To get, at least get the information. The more people talk about it, the more attention it's going to get. Right. I mean, right now there's a lot of a lot of news and a lot of stimulation to uh to Austin, to the Capitol, mm-hmm. about the border wall. And if we could get that kind of attention to animal welfare, mm-hmm. we could really make a difference. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Get people mobilized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Marching on the Capitol. Yeah. Yes. With their dogs. With yes. their dogs. With their on cats. leashes. Vaccinated. Okay, yes. Spay vaccinated neutered. and spayed and neutered on leashes. Please. I had to put that in there. Please. <laughs> Just Please. That. Spay neuter your pets. Yes. Yeah, and don't. Houston Pets Ed does that for yes. free if you live in the city of Houston. And... I know uh, currently Harris County, well, maybe not Harris County, Bark and Houston Pets, we all have microchipping events coming up for mm-hmm. free microchipping. That helps y'all, sure. I'm sure, be able to identify Absolutely. in abandonment cases. So mm-hmm. microchip your pets, um, spay and neuter, don't chain your dogs. What's the what are, What are we telling people about chaining? They can tether. Yes. It needs not. to be a collar, a collar, comfortable, two fingers, not too tight, okay. and a cable at least 10 feet or five times longer than the dog. Okay. Because it's it's Texas. People leave their dogs outside. Adequate shelter mm-hmm. and access to water. Access to water. Bring your dogs inside when it's cold. Yes. Please. Especially Please. right now while it is actually yes. cold. Very, very mm-hmm. cold. Well, I'm going to send you back out into the cold uh, to rescue more animals but thank you both so much barb and mike for being here i think the more we can get uh the faces of the people in the streets doing the work and helping the animals out in front of the public the more they'll understand what a crisis we are in and how much more there is to do to get out of it so thank you for everything you do every day and for joining me this has been conversations for the animals with houston pet set and we'll see you next time